Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Talk Witchcraft podcast. Today we are talking about the chakra system and how it relates to magic. I'm going to try to help you understand how witchcraft often leads to cultural appropriation and what that means with chakra, um, using chakras in your own spiritual practice. We're also going to talk about how you can tap into different chakras within your own body, within your own energy system for different magical purposes based on what you are trying to achieve. You're listening to Talk Witchcraft, the podcast where we talk about witchcraft as a lifestyle and discover how to merge magic into your daily life. Every week, we'll demystify witchy topics like tarot, astrology, crystals, herbs, and more as you develop your personal brand of magic and create the life of your dreams. I'm your host, Maggie Hazeman. So there are some practices that are often characterized as New Age spirituality that many witches participate in. Practices like meditation, which I've spoken about in previous episodes, the chakras, which we're talking about now, yoga and other practices from Eastern religions, energy healing, as well as things like the aura system and the idea of law of attraction, which brings us into the realm of affirmation, visualization, and gratitude. And some of this is actually based in ancient spirituality, so it's not New Age at all, but there's been some transformation in the way that some of these things are practiced in the Western world. And this is something that I really enjoy about witchcraft, and I think a lot of people really enjoy. It's one of the greatest things about witchcraft is that you have a freedom to sort of create your own spiritual practice or even a religion if you want. Um, There's this freedom to explore a variety of cultures and learn from all of these different teachers and incorporate them into your own unique understanding of the world and your own unique spiritual practice. I do think that it's really important to be super respectful as you are collecting different practices from different cultures and teachings. One rule to follow, witchcraft doesn't really have rules, but I think to be a good human, a good rule to follow is to only borrow practices and traditions from open cultures. So an open culture simply means that there are no requirements for you to fulfill before you can engage in that practice or in that culture. Um, You don't have to be part of that cultural group or you don't need to go through some sort of initiation. So as you're exploring different practices, make sure that anything that you're engaging with is open. And then beyond that, it's really important to learn from members of the originating cultural group. So for the most part, the concept of an energy system with energy points throughout the body comes from open cultures. The chakra system that we are talking about and focusing on today is an Eastern philosophy that originated in India between 1500 and 500 BCE. And since chakras are universal, they're found in every being, every living being, When you work with part of your own body and your own energy field, it's usually not considered appropriation. 
However, there's always the chance that you might encounter someone who believes that the way that you are engaging in chakra work or energy work is cultural appropriation rather than appreciation of that culture. And if this does happen, then that's an opportunity to learn more, to go deeper with your understanding, because the best way to appreciate a culture and to engage with it is to be willing to continue to learn, to continue to explore it, and to dedicate yourself to really understanding what you're learning. I know that working with my chakras has been central to my personal and spiritual growth and everything that I've done in my witchcraft practice, but I also am willing to learn how I can better appreciate the culture that they originate from, how I can um, present it in a more thoughtful way. Because the biggest issues of cultural appropriation arise when you claim authority over a concept or practice, when you don't respect or recognize the history and the origin of that concept or practice, and especially if you're profiting from it. So the concept of chakras is not strictly tied to one religion or philosophy, but they are primarily used in Tantra, Hinduism, and some types of Buddhism. Interestingly, other major religions like Christianity, Judaism, and Islam also have variations on these energy centers or what are sometimes referred to as prayer centers throughout the body, and some of them coincide with the positions of the chakras. So even before these cultures came into contact with each other, there was some overlap in this concept of energy points. And that, to me, I think is really interesting because it shows how universal this idea is. But at the same time, the chakra system is one of many Sanskrit-derived ideas that has been taken out of context and misunderstood. So it's really important to recognize that, that there are all sorts of traditions that witches incorporate into their practice, and there is often this element or some aspect of imperialism and cultural appropriation. The chakras were brought to the West from India in the early 1900s, and this westernized, simplified version of the chakra system is what most people are familiar with today. Um, so the colors that we associate with each of the chakras and even the static positioning of these energy systems is part of a westernized version of the original chakra system, which was actually a lot more fluid and not so structured. So what are chakras? If you've gotten this far and you don't know what they are, I'll take a minute to describe them based on my understanding. Simply put, the chakras are energy centers of the body. Chakra is the Sanskrit word for wheel because they are often visualized as the spinning whirl of flowing energy. And all humans are made of energy, oh, actually all things are made of energy, and they all have a varying level of vibration. So there's a physical body and that vibrates at a much lower level. It's denser so the vibrations are lower. And then there's the emotional body, there's a spiritual body and so on. And that kind of goes into the, um, the topic of auras where there's all of these different layers of energy surrounding the physical body. But in the western version of the chakra system there are seven main chakras. Uh, ancient texts talk about a, a variety of different numbers, so some 
ancient texts talk about five chakras, some talk about seven. They're sometimes in different positions throughout the body. There are actually as many as 114 energy points within the subtle body. And so with this, this is sort of a simplified version when we talk about the seven chakras. And each of these seven chakras, there's the English words for them, root, sacral, solar plexus, heart, throat, third eye, and crown, these overlay the physical body and correspond with seven main nerve ganglia along the spinal cord. So these energy points, they are portals or gateways that connect the physical realm to the spiritual realm, and they can send or receive energy. And according to this Western version of the chakra system, they can each be tuned to a specific frequency or spin rate, because remember, the chakras are visualized as these spinning wheels. When your chakras are cleansed and balanced, your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual bodies are all functioning perfectly, and then you have this opportunity to live to your highest potential. Additionally, as I mentioned before, each chakra aligns with a specific color in the rainbow spectrum. Again, this is in the Western version, and they also correspond with various emotions and physical systems within the body. So for hundreds of years, people have been working with their chakras in order to feel more grounded, passionate, confident, loving, expressive, connected, and spiritual. So that is part of the benefit of working with your chakras. This episode, we are discussing the Western version of the chakra system and the structure that the Western version has. It's not as fluid as the original chakra system. The, having this structure is really helpful to me, and I know that other countless other people have expressed how amazing their life has been since discovering the chakra system and learning more about it. Um, it's helped me to better understand energy and manifestation. It's given me a system for uh, reaching into myself in order to fuel my magical workings. And so that is something that I found really beneficial about working with my chakras. In addition, it's been really beneficial to work with my chakras because there's no need for any sort of external tool because they're part of my body. So I always have access to them. I don't need to have something outside of myself. And learning about this energy system really did help me to better understand the flow of energy throughout my body and how I can use this and access this when I'm practicing witchcraft. And I think this is why the concept of chakras is so popular. It's because it is so accessible. Everybody has these energy points within their bodies. And so there's no need for anything outside of your own self in order to access them. So there is this positive effect of the adaptations and westernization of the chakra system. It is powerful for many people, and you may already be familiar with the chakra system if you've already experienced the healing benefits and the mindset shifts that come with having this framework for understanding energy, then you already know what it's like to work with your chakras. 
So, with all of that said, I am going to do my best now to explain each of the seven chakras and how they have helped me in my spiritual growth and witchcraft practice, but I want to be clear that I am only an expert in my own experience, and I want you to keep in mind that constraints of a podcast platform result in vast simplification. So if you are interested in learning more about chakras, then I recommend looking for books and teachers who can offer a more in-depth education. And you can find, I'll, I'll talk about some resources at the end of this episode. You can find the list of these if you go to the show notes at mumblesandthings.com slash blog slash zero one two. And I also think that experiencing your own energy and exploring how it feels in your own body will teach you much more about this than any external source. So paying attention to your body is going to be really educational as well. So without further ado, I will walk you through each of the seven chakras and the way that I tap into them for magical purposes. We start with Muladhara, which is commonly called the root or the base chakra in English because caring for your basic human needs is the first priority for magic. So this word, Muladhara, means root and basis of existence in Sanskrit. And if you visualize your chakras as this tower of blocks that are all stacked up on top of each other, then you want to begin with a very strong foundation and build up. So this chakra is, um, for magic, is related to your physical body. So anytime that you have to do some sort of healing magic, this is a good chakra to tap into. If you have some sort of energy, um, it is also a good energy source for any spells surrounding like your family and manifesting anything you need for survival, such as money or food or shelter, things that are really focused on your basis of existence. And then we have the second chakra, which is associated with the color orange. And this in English is called the sacral chakra. It is called Swatishtana, which means one's own seat in Sanskrit. And this describes the feeling of having a place in the world. It is located near the reproductive organs, so the sacral chakra is often associated with sexuality and abundance and also creativity. It provides the energy to give birth to new ideas and projects and artistic concepts. It can also bring new life and new energy into your existing product projects, so things that you might have forgotten about and you want to find some new exciting energy around restarting those projects. So tap into the sacral chakra energy center for manifesting your desires, any desire. You can access this energy point when you're working spells related to your emotions, creation and creativity, as well as for lust and sexuality. Now the Sanskrit word for the third chakra a solar plexus chakra is Manipura, which means lustrous gem. So this chakra represents many parts of your identity and personal power, from how you make decisions to how you handle responsibility. It relates to your ambitions, 
confidence, willpower, and how comfortable you are with being independent and how you allow others to treat you. So in spell work, you can use this energy center for pretty much any purpose because it relates to your willpower, and it is directly tied to your magic and your ability to set intentions. So draw from the solar plexus, especially when you want to do a spell spontaneously. The fourth chakra is called the heart chakra, and it is associated with the color green. It is the emotional center of your body and is found on the spine between the shoulder blades. So this is the chakra that forms a bridge between the three lower chakras, the root sacral and solar plexus, that we just talked about, and the three upper chakras that we are going to talk about next, so the throat, third eye, and crown. In other words, this is the connection point between your physical and spiritual body or your, or your physical and spiritual energy points. So there's the human being that lives in the physical realm and the spiritual being that lives in the spirit realm. So the Sanskrit word anahata means unstruck, unhurt, or unbeaten. And these meanings allude to the fact that this chakra can be a source of inspiration or of deep pain based on how energy is flowing through it. So the more you open up your heart chakra, the more capable you become of recognizing the magic all around you. And so in, in this context, you can tap into this energy center for any spells or rituals that involve love, fixing relationships, inviting understanding, improving communication, attracting friendships or romance, self-love, so any kind of love that you would experience in your life. Now the fifth chakra is called the throat chakra and it is associated with the color blue. It's the center of communication in your body and it should be no surprise that the throat chakra is found behind the hollow of your physical throat. This energy point is called Vishuddha in Sanskrit, a word that means purification, and this meaning reflects the importance of pure, authentic communication in order to express your truth. So use this chakra in magic related to communication. You can cast spells to help you interview better, or to solve an argument, or to become a more attentive listener, or to speak with your spirit guide. So this is the chakra that is to access for help with shadow work, which is how you illuminate truths about yourself that you are avoiding or are hidden from you. The throat chakra is also a useful energy center for divination because it helps you to better receive and understand the messages from the divine. Now the third eye chakra comes next, next and it has many names inner eye, intuition, and brow chakra. It's also called Agnya in Sanskrit, which means beyond wisdom. And this is the chakra that helps you understand information beyond the physical realm to guide your spirit and listen to your inner knowing. It is located between and slightly above your eyes. This is arguably the most helpful energy point to tap into in terms of spell work because accessing a state of altered consciousness and calming the mind is often the first step of a spell or ritual. So tune in with your intuition before divination, before spirit work and astral travel, or any spell that helps you to improve your ability to connect with the spiritual realm and your psychic senses. 
The seventh and final chakra that we are talking about in this episode is located at the top of your head, and it's called the crown chakra. The word sahasrara means thousand-petaled in Sanskrit, which represents the thousand-petal lotus that is the throne of the divine. So this is the energy point that connects you to the universe, and it reminds us that all living creatures hold divine energy, and this divinity is what connects us all as one. The crown chakra is wonder is a wonderful energy point to tap into for spells surrounding personal or spiritual growth, finding inner peace, releasing beliefs that are blocking you from your purpose, finding a deeper connection to the world you live in, and manifesting the dreams that feel impossible. So again, know that this Western system is highly simplified, and I've simplified it even further for the purpose of this episode. But I share it with you because chakra work has been immensely helpful in my practice, and I hope that if you're interested in learning more about the chakras, then you will continue to research beyond what I have shared. So, much of our modern interpretation of the chakras comes from Anadeya Judith's book, Wheels of Life, which is a book of Western occultism rather than a scholarly text. And her book has three main sources from what I can tell. The first group of sources are earlier Western occultist titles that borrowed and adapted Sanskrit terms in the imperialist way, such as the Arthur Avalon book, The Serpent Power, which was published in 1919 and C.W. Leadbeater's book called The Chakras that was published in 1927. So these sources are already imperialistic, um, and they led into the Anadia's Anadia's book, uh, Wheels of Life. And then the second group of sources for that Wheel of Life book are flawed English translations of Sanskrit texts, like John Woodruff's 1918 translation of a 1577 text. So there's these flawed translations that misrepresent and misinterpret the original sources. And then the final sources of the Wheel of Life book um, are 20th century books by Indian yoga gurus, which are based on the Western sources that I already mentioned. The Wheels of Life book by Anadeya Judith is a very commonly cited text about chakras when we're talking about the westernized version. And you can definitely learn a lot from it, but just know where that information is coming from and what the sources are. Um, because the original Sanskrit sources generally only exist in the academic world, and even there, the translations and the understanding of their meaning is pretty limited. There are some books that you can find in the show notes that can deepen your understanding a little bit more, but again, keep in mind that many of our books, modern books, are based on flawed translations and all sorts of things. So check out the show notes at mumblesandthings.com slash blog slash 012 for a list of some other resources. And that's all I have for you this week. We have discussed the way that cultural appropriation emerges in witchcraft and how you can avoid it 
when you're working with your chakras. We've learned about the seven chakras in the Western version of this energy system and which ones you can tap into for various magical purposes. You can find out more about this episode by going to mumblesandthings.com slash blog slash zero one two and join me next Tuesday when we talk about glamour magic. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so that you are notified about each new episode. And please leave me a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps other witches find this show, and it tells me that you're enjoying what I'm doing. It's like getting a gold star on your paper when you're in kindergarten. So you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Mumbles and Things, and you can join us in the Mumbles and Things Facebook group where you can chat about this episode and other things with witchy folks. Just go to talkwitchcraft.com. Wait, don't go yet. Thanks for listening to Talk Witchcraft with me, Maggie. If you've enjoyed this episode, I invite you to check out mumblesacademy.com. Mumbles Academy is the place to be for intuitive souls at any stage of their witch path. Whether you are a wildling at the very beginning of your witchcraft journey and are looking for a safe learning environment, a creator who is committed to your practice and wants to develop your witchcraft skills even more, or a sage who is full of wisdom already and wants to share what you know with others, Mumbles Academy was designed for you. With monthly masterclasses and live Q&As, an extensive archive of courses and trainings, and a supportive community to help you along the way with encouragement and advice. Mumbles Academy is the perfect place for you to be as you continue on your witch path.